Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Schmo Zone. Today's episode is brought to you by Fusion CBD. I got right here, Fusion CBD Sports Water. This stuff is great. After a workout, great for recovery. They have sleep and recovery pills. They have tinctures. They have rubs. They have everything that you need. Use the promo code SHMO to get 20% off. FusionCBDproducts.com. You will not be disappointed. And the other sponsor for today's SHMO Zone episode is Sheath Underwear. Go to sheathunderwear.com and use the promo code SHMO to get 10% off. This is the best underwear I've ever worn. Look at the SHMO right there. We're there in Abu Dhabi. It's 100 plus degrees with humidity. Balls can easily stick to your mm-hmm. to your sides, right? Using this stuff, they got the patented protected ball technology where your balls go over. They're super comfortable. Uh, Robert Patton, U.S. military vet, created this concept when he was in Iraq. Love this stuff. Go ahead and get you some. Let's start the show. What's up, everybody? This is Dave Schmolenson, a.k.a. The Schmo. Welcome back to another episode of The Schmo Zone, episode 27. My co-host is... Helen Esports, episode number 28. Oh, it's 28. I got Already. it wrong. Okay, I was one off. Well, it's fight week, USC 252. That means we have the trifecta. These guys are coming on the show for the third time. To my right, we have the Red Hawk, Tim Welch. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, brother. And we have the man, Sugar Sean O'Malley. Brother. It's a big fight. Yeah. You is. guys just drove in, too. Just pulled in. Mm-hmm. How Feels was that drive? Easy. Just yeah. fucking took a little nap in the back. Feels like deja vu being back so quick, huh? Three, five, six months. And an update to the hair. And then update to the hair. How long did it take Danny to do this one? She had a friend help, so it was definitely, uh, what, two and a half hours? Three? Something like that. Yeah. Wasn't I feel bad. like that's less than the first time you did the first that. First time was a little more crazy. I think it were two more colors. Um so yeah, a little less colors, but So how long does it last in being that vibrant? D- depends how how I wash my hair with cold or hot water, what shampoos I use. Um it'll stay this vibrant till the fight. Well, she did such a great yeah, job. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Awesome. And she has to, you can't get the yellow and the blue to touch at all. So you have to oh, really, no. like, separate them, even when you're washing it after you're done. It's, it's crazy how she didn't get them to touch. Talented. Very. Have to look good for the cameras all on you. Yep. First time that you are the co-headline. Second. Yeah, but the first one didn't count. That was well, against Tarion, the that one card. Okay. One of the worst. But cards. this is pay per view. Yeah, this one's a big this deal. Is this is a way bigger deal. For a sure. Huge deal for arguably the greatest trilogy mm-hmm. in UFC history with Steep A and DC. And then everyone's there to see the Sugar Show, too. And obviously, this is the biggest test of your career to date. Yeah. Couldn't have came on a sweeter card, too. Like you said, um, you know, I think it's going to be a really good pay per view. The, the, the card's pr- pretty decent. The last two fights really just sell it. And now you have your own octagon. I saw it's all over embedded. You guys picked one up or shipped from Las Vegas over to the warehouse. Maybe you have a swamp cooler. Maybe you just have fans. A little bit of both, I think. I don't know. Yeah, we got a text. Um, Emron, who's the CEO of Sandable, one of my longtime sponsors, said, "Brother, I need help finding a cage." He he said, "Dude, check this one out. It's on eBay. It was actually in Vegas, so I bought it on eBay. 
and um, flew two of our buddies out, Chris and Chris. They got a U-Haul, drove it back. We set it up, put it in the back of the warehouse, and, and uh, used it for every session. Were you guys surprised to see Sugar's the co-main? No. No. Not after looking at it. I mean, you could make the argument. Obviously, JDS, mm-hmm. former champion, mm-hmm. you know, his legendary status, but then you'd have two heavyweights. But I just think with the buzz that this mm-hmm. guy's been able to create, I guess it's uh, that time of year again, too, with Dana White's Contender Series. We're heading into week two. Uh, I think that's actually today is uh, the mm-hmm. start of uh, uh, week two for it. I just think with everything going on, He's at the juncture, the point of his career where his name definitely carries it. And what a win on Saturday could mean um, to expect him to be headlining. And also with the merchandise you sold, congrats on that. Thank you. Your merchandise drop-in. It dropped this morning. It's already oh, over 40000 I think, or something. Damn, good yeah. for you. So that's the jerseys went 39 seconds. So, And you've handled all this stuff yourself. You've... Not not by myself. The last merch that just dropped was with Killer Merch. Um, okay. Uh, and then the jerseys, we were working with someone else, but definitely not by myself, but not signing any long-term contracts where I'm stuck and getting screwed into anything. Yeah, I respect that you're still so young, but taking kind of that business approach to everything. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Well, just like just like Sean said before, it was like as being a even a pro fighter and athlete, you do have quite a bit of downtime because if you train an hour and a half in the morning and then an hour and a half in the afternoon, you pretty much have downtime between those. It's funny too because we've noticed all the articles from all the other MMA outlets talking about oh the entrepreneur uh, Sean O'Malley and <laughs> and using that whole angle. It's like to me this is just the pivot that is necessary that you have to do in 2020 and beyond to build your brand outside of the cage, which you've obviously done a phenomenal job doing and continue doing. Yeah, I mean, UFC is not going to necessarily pay you what or pay me what I feel like I truly deserve, but I probably think in higher numbers than in realities. I don't know. So I'm like, but every time I have a fight come, come around, all the, the sponsor money goes up, the merchandise goes up, so... You know, I kind of plan that into my fights, into the, you know what I mean? It's like, they're not going to pay me. I could ask for a million dollars in my head. I'm like, I'm worth that. I'm I'm worth that. But there's not a chance I'm getting that. But everything else goes up, so it plays into it. And Tim, I don't want to creep you out, but I did watch your night routine on YouTube. Yeah. And so I noticed you guys finally watched The Last Dance. Oh, finally. <laughs> I love that show. I told you. you yeah, what, what, what do you think? Now. So, oh, God, he got me fired up. I got, I'm got. i shooting hoops every day now. I'm trying to play in that celebrity <laughs> tournament when it comes back. Stuff, stuff Kevin Hart. Which which one? At the All-Star game? I don't know. I NBA? know they always have one, like a celebrity tournament. Yeah, they have it in February at the All-Star game for the NBA. I'm just you, trying to get famous enough to play in that. You should be in the All-Star game for February. It would be February. so fun. If the, anyone from the NBA is listening, someone has to be. Mm-hmm. Put this guy in the All-Star game yeah. next year, 2021. Oh, you might not see me back in the UFC. For the fights, though, didn't they have... They had Junior as the co-main first, right? I think uh-huh. so. A fight like that, you, you, it's almost like, oh, man, there's no way it could be boring. But after watching Derek Lewis and Francis, Ooh. it's a possibility it could be boring. But with Sugar, there's zero possibility it's going to be boring. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, too, because he's fighting Jarzinho, and we mm-hmm. watched what he did in to April. Alistair. Well, we watched what he did to mm-hmm. Alistair in D.C., but yeah. what happened to him from Francis Nganu in April, and then seeing what has ha- what Francis did to JDS, he's, did that, he's done that to both these guys. So both of these guys have come out there early in the first round and uh, have not put forth their best foot and have mm-hmm. lost pretty early on. So it's interesting to see where these guys come from. Are they going to come off as timid or are they going to come off with guns blazing i think we just don't know and i think that's a big question mark and it's easy for all of us to say they're standing outside the cage but when you got a 275 280 pound man who's fucking explosive and literally if i take one move too early or one move too soon boom you're gonna wake up looking at the lights so it's it's easy for us to say man they're not gonna be exciting but for them in there it's like fuck if i make one wrong move i'm gonna be sleeping yeah I want to go back to when this fight became official because I came on your podcast. It wasn't official yet. I know I was kind of antagonizing mm-hmm. towards that direction. I felt that was always going to be the fight to make. But when did you guys truly know that this fight was locked and loaded and when the contracts were offered? I announced it on my YouTube pretty sh- like right after. Right after. Um, awesome. 
when the contract was signed. But I was I was like you. I'm, I'm like, in my mind. I'm like this fight's gonna probably happen. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So right after I right after I found out, I announced it. How was it seeing Perillo and Cheeto and the boys training and stuff? Was that a good fun trip? Yeah, so we did that trip before we yeah. went to you guys. Oh, so we right. saw that. So um, Helen's known Perillo for a long time yeah, at the, at the Ruka gym. Yeah, he was one of the first people I met in this business. Oh, cool. So, oh, cool. so I, we had gone to that gym, I think, even before Cheeto was with Ruka at one point. Mm-hmm. I know you have for sure. I think the first time I was there, too. So it was. I think it was my first time seeing Cheeto um there um but i would just say like you know he's a striking coach so all we saw him do is hit pads Mm -hmm. i'm sure they didn't show us the full repertoire Mm -hmm. of of things in front of us but you know it's same thing when we've we've been there when he's worked with rda Mm -hmm. luke rockhold um so pretty much just holding pads hitting pads for him working on nothing uh crazy creative but um this is definitely such a fan favorite fight and a lot of people like when we were just with Aljamain Sterling they're like let's see Sean O'Malley on his back let's see if someone goes for the takedown for Sean O'Malley but something that we've talked about since the very beginning of us doing interviews you know when you had the the USADA situation stuff you were drilling jiu-jitsu you were working to be in these uncomfortable positions improving that you just haven't had to showcase that yeah exactly I guarantee Jose Quinones his plan was get me up against the fence, take me down, put me on my back. Um, I don't think Eddie's plan really was that too much. I think he was probably planning on trying to knock me out. But neither of those worked. And I just, I'm going to obviously avoid, I want to knock someone out. I don't want to, if I choke him, that'll be cool. Um, I really want to knock someone out. And you don't really knock people out from your back. So I'm going to be trying to get up and, and just avoid the takedown and, and try to knock someone out. That's what the fans want to see. That's, but there's a big possibility you knock someone out from your back. Yeah, there is. There, there, there is. Yeah, we got some. There really is. Um, but just knocking someone off, it's hard to walk away if it knocks someone on the back. Just start rolling. You still could do it. Though. Start rolling around. But even even with him, everyone wants to see him on his back. There's, he could whoop someone's ass from his back. He could be smacking him up, elbowing him, threatening uh, submissions the whole time. Not always, because most people are just like, oh, get up, get up, get up, get up. His style, his flexibility, his length, he has a style to be attacking the whole time and fighting the whole time from his back and putting them in danger the whole time from his back. But even with this fight with Cheeto, I, the biggest thing we were hoping for is like, dude, with all this craziness going on, I fucking do. Let's just make it to the fight. Let's see if we can. So that's why I had to leave and not teach at my gym. We pretty much quarantined, went from our house to that warehouse back and forth. And when I saw Cheeto training at Ruka and then going into the art of jujitsu, I was like, fuck, dude, I hope we even make this fight. But we're, what, three tests away from actually making the fight. So, Tim, what was, you know, going through your mind when everything finally lined up? Because I know this fight was supposed to happen, you know, multiple times before. In my mind, I was like, fuck, this is not a good time for this fight to happen, in, especially being in Phoenix. I think it's the number one or top three cities in the U.S. that's with COVID. And I'm still training jujitsu, so I still have my students coming in. But I was like, there's got to be a way we can we can do this. So we were looking on Craigslist for warehouses to rent. Um, both of us were looking at different places. And then uh, just asked the guy that we're using the podcast studio from, hey, can we use this space? And he said, fuck, yeah, let's use it. So then that's when Sugar texted Imran, got the cage. This was all within three days. We got that cage set up. We got this whole game plan together. And now we're here fight week. Like I said, three tests away from the fight actually happening. So I'm fucking pumped. So you were worried because of the testing situation and him going to all those different gyms. That That's your hesitancy about this oh, thing? Oh, yeah. It's, well, for us, obviously not getting the COVID. Not that it's going to like affect us that bad. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. But just... Being able all, to fucking fight. All the, the people were around in Phoenix every day were constantly, sometimes we're going to Taquino's gym, we're training at my gym where there's lots of people coming through it. Um, we didn't go to the lab at all. Yeah, we didn't go to the lab. And then seeing Cheeto, I was like, fucking, he's in a hot spot too. And he's bounced around different gyms. I'm like, dude, if we make it to this fight, it's going to be a celebration. Interesting. No, that's that's a good way to look at it. But here we are. Yep. And obviously we're a few, few days, days away. away. Obviously there's a lot of tests that still need to be done. Mm-hmm. The right precautions in place. 
But what I look at too, um, when I look at Sean and we were Helen and I were talking about this last night. We just look at different styles. Styles make fights, right? And different fighters have different successes. If you look at who's extremely successful in the UFC right now, what do they have in common? Uh, Kevin Holland, someone who actually just credited his uh, his, his bonus to you, the way <laughs> uh, you he, his long limbs and they walked off. Israel Adesanya, you fighters of 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 your caliber, the way John, John Jones, Jones, for yeah. example, too. Um, you guys, uh, another one, Zabit, and I don't want to screw up his name, Magomed Sharapov, long last name. Nice. My last name's Long Schmolens, and I, I can't be intimidated by other long last names. <laughs> what all of you guys have in common is you're both lengthy guys that aren't have the biggest frames in the world in terms of just width and everything, but you have long limbs, you're able to keep your distance, and uh, it gives you guys such a competitive advantage with your striking. You're all confident, you all use it to your advantage, and you're all successful at this point in your careers too, and only growing. Yeah, I mean, the, the, this body type, whether it's for my weight or you go up and have someone a little bit taller, it, is just superb for fighting. The length and knowing how to use it, the leverage, and being, you know, still lifting, still being strong, um, it's the best for fighting, best for jujitsu, best for combat sports. A hundred percent. And I, I think I don't think just that body type, but I also think that explosiveness, yeah, that really that fucking quick twitch muscle. But then knowing how to contain that, because we know we're going to get into some five round fights here. So knowing how to use that explosiveness, okay, just kind of chill out, bounce around, use that explosiveness, bounce, chill out instead of like use it the whole time and gas out in two rounds. Yeah, that's what I noticed. I was actually going to bring that up, which is what I like about your style. Like you seem to, you know, obviously understand when to explode and when to just kind of reserve that energy. Um, but I wanted to bring up and get your thoughts on, you know, everyone's kind of saying, okay, this is Sean's like biggest test. This is the only time he's going to be tested. Just curious to get your thoughts on, you know, just people saying this is the first test for Sean. I, I, yeah, I think it's uh, it's just another test. I think he is probably the toughest opponent. Um, when I look at Jose Quinones, um, as far as a striking a, a striker, I think Jose is a better striker than than Marlon, um, a better fighter. I don't think so. I think uh, Cheeto would beat beat him. So I think he is the toughest fight um, to date. But I just uh, I don't see how he beats me. Yeah, and tough wise, pretty much everyone in the UFC is obviously super tough, and but but Cheeto is super durable. But just like he said, I think uh, El Teco, he was up there. Eddie Wineland, he was up there. Everyone's saying it's his toughest test. And if you read comments and stuff, people will always be talking shit. Oh, when are they going to keep feeding him these guys? Oh, this is such a tough test. And when I look at Cheeto, I'm like, man, I'm look, looking at all his weapons. And what are his main weapons? His durability. He's super durable. People can't put him away. But pe people are also hitting him all over his head. And Sugar's so accurate, he's going to put shots right on his chin, right on his chin, and break down his body. So I'm pumped to see how durable he really is Saturday. It's interesting to look at the trajectory, too, of where to go from this fight. I know you've been vocal about... Um Cody Garbrandt, who a lot of people thought his next fight would be you or mm -hmm. Marlon Marias would make sense too, but now he's going down to 125 and fighting Davidson Figueredo. Um, so it puts you in a position too, like it, you take care of business Saturday night, what is the next step? Because there's also, all, I'm not sure, I know you saw this too, but on the main card too, like John Dobson against Marab Devalashevi, two guys in the top 15, knowing the, uh, the winner was probably going to call out the winner of your fight with Marlon Chito Vera, that could be made. Or you also have a case, too, of fighting someone in the top five, top six, and being one to two fights away from that title shot. Yeah. I'm, I'm calling. I don't know. Should I say who I'm going to call? Or should wait? You might as well wait. <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah. I, I, I think it really, really depends on how how I put you do I go out there and knock them out and then I'm fighting someone different if I go out there and win a decision I'm going to be fighting someone you know it depends how I finish Cheeto um so it, it really there's so much that plays in into who's next as far as injuries um just the timing where the fight's gonna be um you know so there, there's so much that that plays into it uh it's hard to say right now but um, if I go out there and do what I plan on doing, I, I do have a name in mind. What what do you think Cheeto would have been ranked if he would have beat Song Song the Little Dong? He he would have been top ten, right? Ten, I would think. I would say Six anywhere from nine to twelve. 
for sure. Six fight win streak, five finishes, never been finished. So if he say if he did win that, which a lot of people thought he should have, right? And he got into the number nine spot, and then Sugar comes in and knocks Cheeto out first round clean and walks right. away. Then what do you say? Then he's literally one fight away, like one more opponent away. Mm-hmm. Whenever that fight gets that title mm-hmm. shot, that's that's the conversation you have. It's interesting how those rankings really put into play and how you know. The people works. behind the rankings. Too. I look right. at Cheeto's top ten. That's what in my mind. That's that's what I've trained for. He won those three judges that scored that fight. It's just like he won that fight. In my eyes, he won that fight. He's top ten, and uh, that after I beat him, I'm beating a top ten. That's what. That's how it plays out in my head. It was a very very weird night. We were there. It was the fight night in D.C. That was the night that they did a draw with Marina Rodriguez and Cynthia mm-hmm. Calvillo. Yeah. That was such an interesting night, and you had all the nut shots uh, on Stefan Struve from Ben Rothwell. It was a very interesting night, and and it was right around, too, I know the UFC Houston car, too. There was a lot of controversy with the judging, too. I know with the Dominic Reyes and John Jones mm-hmm. fight as well, the Trevin Giles, uh, James mm-hmm. Krause fight. A lot of different uh, quarrels back and forth when it comes to the officiating side i feel like and that just happens when you're adopting a system that wasn't built for mma that was built for a different combat sport yeah, yeah it's tough well when we look at cheeto too it's not like we're looking at cheeto being like oh it's easy we know how he's a bad motherfucker he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu he's been in the ufc a long time he's super durable he uh never been finished he's been in the ufc how many fights like 10, right? 10 fights, and he's never been finished in the UFC. Are you plus. expecting his jiu-jitsu in this fight? I don't think he can take me down. Yeah, if he can take the Sugar down, I'm going to be super impressed. Watch all of his fights. He's never shooting on guys. He's the one flopping to his back, wanting to go to his guard, Muay Thai clinching with people, hoping people take him down into his guard, and uh, catching people with super simple triangles. But like I said, we're looking at this fight, and the way we see this fight, it's like, okay... We know what his capabilities are. We can knock people out with each fucking limb. He's super accurate. He's super fast. He's in the best shape right now he's ever been in. Um, Healthy as fuck, top to bottom. But we prepared hard for this fight. This is the best preparation ever for a fight right here. It's because the whole fight camp was focused around Sean. All of our focus was around Sean and him being at his best. The diet was perfect. The strength conditioning was good. Um... The training partners were good. Just the sparring was better than we've ever had it. Being able to train in that cage, too, and really get familiar, it's the same size as the Apex. When I got into the Apex cage against Eddie, I was like, oh, this is, you know, different. We're sparring in a bigger cage. Our mitt sessions, our grappling sessions, our sparring sessions were in that cage. I'm super familiar with with the the dimensions of that cage. So I think that's going to be super beneficial. He's going to try to put me up against the fence and trip me. That's, that's, that's... His way of beating me. That's it. Put put me up to the fence, trip me. And then that's, I mean, that's the beginning. He's still got to affect everything else. He's got to do everything perfect. And so do I. I have to, I'm going to fight a perfect fight. I always show up. And um, 15 minutes of focus, I just don't see how he can beat me. And I think he'll be super, super, which most people are, I think, um, surprised by the speed of Sean. It looks, there looks like a lot of holes just watching on TV. His hands are down here. Hands are down here, his hands are down here. But until you're standing in front of him and feel it, um, just like Henry Corrales said a long time ago, like when he spars Sean, he gets anxiety, and that's the perfect word for it. When Sean gets in front of you and he's bouncing around side to side and he's hitting you with shots you can't even see, it's like, fuck. You start to panic a little bit, and you start trying to grab him and then shittily trying to grab him, and that's where you're going to get fucking dinged up. And I think that's what's going to happen to Cheeto. And his shots are very precise. Yeah. They're on, like I said, they're on the money. These these are the shots people, Sean's hitting people right fucking on their chin where it turns the lights on, uh, um, turn the lights off and compared to other people who are hitting them all over the head. An escapism that you do is playing video games, Twitch and everything. Uh, Modern Warfare. Do you play with, one, you play with uh, Wonder Boy Thompson? <laughs> I have once. Yeah, yeah. I, play, I think I played with him and him and Weidman. It's so funny because our neighbor below literally stopped me as I was grilling yesterday. He's like, yo, um, Schmo, um, I'm playing Modern Warfare, and I'm playing, you know, Wonder Boy, his younger brother? I'm playing with him, and I know uh, you're close with Sean O'Malley, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, he's playing with him, you're playing with him. This is six degrees of separation. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dude, this is such a fucking small world. That's nuts. And you also said, like, 
you know, playing that game gives you kind of a high. You said it was, uh, I think, a kill that you had, a, a little streak that you're doing was <laughs> they gave put you that more exhilaration. They put that embedded uh, better than uh, knocking out I Wiley. clutched up a, a 1v5 on Search and Destroy, planted the bomb. Or, uh, they, I was in it. I was in there. When Embed was there? Mm-hmm. <sighs> that, that feeling right there gets my heart racing. Are you a gamer too? Oh, yeah. I game a little bit here and there, about 30, 45 minutes a day with the boys. It's pretty fun. How is the embedding crew? Are they are they invasive? Are they in your space? They respect it. They all wearing their masks. Super cool, dude. It was just one this time. <clears throat> um, yeah, he was super cool. Just asked every time, "Hey, can I re- what, record this? Where do you want? What do you want me to do?" Um, super cool and, and respectful, and uh, wasn't bad at all. So, how long are they following you guys? Uh, it's it's super different, depending on if it's um, right now. It's COVID, obviously. The countdown came. To, the, Countdown already shot a countdown for for JDS and Rosenstrike, I think is what I was understanding, and then they got told, "Hey, go shoot, go shoot Sugar and Cheeto." So they only had one day for the countdown. Usually, I think they do two, um, and then the embedded guy came and did Saturday, and then just a little bit Sunday. And I also want to ask you, Tim, how's the uh, new red light machine? Mm. We we both got one. We've oh, been, you both got one. Yeah, and we set it up and laying under there and just soaking under there, Butt wake, naked, waking up. First thing, <laughs> wake up every morning and go lay under that and do the do my meditation and stuff. And so far, it's not like like any supplement or something. It's not like whoa, I feel crazy benefits. But if it's just a, a little tiny bit added in with all the other things I do, then it's gonna add to something else. Well, what made you want to get one like right now? Uh, my buddy Jordan Johnson, who's in the PFL, I saw it on his story, and I said, "Hey, where'd you get that?" And I look, I looked into it a little bit, and then the, they were in Scottsdale, so I messaged them, and Sugar and I went and picked one up for each of us. Mito Light. Mito Red Light. Yeah. Mito Red Light. Have you had a chance to play the EA Sports UFC Four game yet? <laughs> no, I told everyone on my Twitch. I said I ain't playing that game. They didn't give me my, my rankings too low. What was your, do, I have some inside information that on who makes on the who rankings. makes the rankings. I'm going to ask him about it on Thursday. Apparently, DC makes the rankings. That's what I was told. <laughs> Bullshit. That's what I want to find out. I'm going to ask him as the schmo in the press conference Thursday, and then I'll find out why he gave it. What what what's the lowest part that there's you were a Q and A with me and DC tonight, right? I think there's like a there virtual, is a Q and A. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I th- I said any if my speed's anything less than a hundred, I ain't playing. <laughs> well, hopefully we can change that because I did come on set bearing gifts. Uh, they're going to give oh, this to you, but okay. I have it for you. EA Sports right here. I think there's Ooh. some games in there for both uh, PS4 and you can open Dude. it up if you want to check oh, yeah. it out. You got the PS4 in there and the Xbox. We'll definitely be playing. Uh, we brought. I brought my Xbox. The hotel will be a lot of chill. Want to play too. And also inside there too. Um, I guess they're doing uh, doing this for UFC 252. They're having you know uh, Reeboks doing the walkout yeah, yeah, stuff right. still, and they got your jerseys in there. And the yeah, show the camera. They're not Sean O'Malley's, but they got they got your video games in there. You got you got everything. Boom. Yeah, that's tight. I, I should have been on that cover. That's that's a pretty. That's I, th- I think 2021, you got to be on that cover. Yeah. I think that's just going to be the move for you, man. They got they got everything for you. So boom, making it all work. That's Damn, pimp. hell yeah, that's badass. Thank you, brother. Of course. Well, well, thank them. Um, I was just in the thank right you. place at the right time, which usually usually tends to happen. Hopefully, yeah. they'll have one for you. At the no, hotel no, that's too. good. That's good. But but they'll they'll make well, it if work. They do, we'll do a little little giveaway. Oh shit, I forgot. About yeah, of course though. But um, thank you. So weight cut for this time. Did that differ at all from the last two times we saw you guys, or is it pretty much kind of standard, same status quo that you? you've had before it's it's we're right on track it's same thing i think i'm a little bit heavier this camp than i was last time um i think i'm a pound over than i was last time but uh right on track a lot of a lot of water not a lot of calories for the next couple days but it's it's weird because usually we get here monday so it's already tuesday i'm like holy shit wednesday thursday and i'm i'm done i haven't i feel it's nice because i haven't felt hungry and i and i'm you know, I still feel I still have energy. I still feel good, and it's already Tuesday, so it's sweet. Well, speaking of weight cuts, you did bring his name up earlier, Cody Garbrandt. Just wanted to oh, get yeah. your thoughts on his drop to one twenty-five. Yeah, I, I've said this, and I'll say it again. Um, I'm going for Cody. I think it'd be sweet if he wins because I do think that's a big fight someday, me versus Cody at, at bantamweight. And if he wins, and he's the featherweight champ and the bantamweight champ, then I knock him out.
I'm champ champ. That's how that math works in my head. That's not what people think, but that's what I'll think. Um, and if he gets knocked out, then I'm going to almost feel like a bully. I'm like, I want to fight you. You've only been knocked out four times in your last five fights. So I'm going for him. If he gets knocked out, fuck that. Yeah, I was gonna, if like, he loses, over. are you going to still go for him? I, I don't think. That just doesn't. I don't. I'll feel. I don't want to knock him out. If out a again. little tiny guy knocks him clean out, six foot sugar who cracks <laughs> way harder than that little guy, they're I, not going to book that. Yeah, I'm, I won't want that fight. I'm not going to press you guys to to call out the next opponent. I'm going to let you have your moment inside the cage too. But someone who, outside the cage, outside the cage. <laughs> yeah. So sure. I, someone I'm going to bring up though that I've always thought would be great for you down the line too. And I think if timing works itself out. Where's the interest level lie in fighting a guy like TJ Dillashaw? Oh yeah, I'm gonna no- I'll knock TJ Dillashaw out someday too. I think it's a, it'll be good timing. He gets back early next year. I think that's a big fight too. Um, Huge fight. I wanna I, th- I wanna. I, I definitely think TJ is one of the tougher fights though. Hundred yeah, percent. T- he's good. He's good. But I think he's top two toughest in the division. I do too. But what? How is his mental knowing that he mm-hmm. was getting away with that? How many years? Who knows? He got. Didn't Cody say that bef- at a press conference? Your eyes, all those guys mentioned it for a while. It's like, dude, okay, now we uh, now he's going in there to fight a young stud like myself, knowing he can't get that little thing up his butt. That, I don't know. That's where his the mind truth too. That's the truth. If you if you've been um, using uh, steroids and stuff, and you're be able to go into training with that fucking kill mindset, your testosterone's really high, and you're just everything's just like, oh, I want to kill this motherfucker, and then you don't get it anymore. I mean, applying it to all sports, who's really been the same? Has was Lance Armstrong ever the same when he, after he was caught? The the Alex Rodriguez's and baseballs, the Barry Bonds, the Sammy Sosa's, Mark McGuire's, UFC, UFC. Are just different. Yeah, so we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, that's definitely a fight that interests me. But I got to keep winning too. I can't come out, I can't lose and and, and call anybody out. So I got to keep winning to get these fights. Didn't TJ tell us when we last interviewed him, he wanted to try to come back and get that title shot immediately, yeah, right? he wanted that too, but... Uh, Might work out perfect. Though. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's it's interesting too because obviously a lot to prove on that angle. Uh, it'd be a huge, massive fight. I didn't want to skip this over too. I did want to get both your takes on the main event. Um, everyone's making the narrative, you know, this is... DC's last fight, DC's no matter what happens. A, do you guys believe that? And B... You know, a lot of people don't talk about this, too. I think James Lynch interviewed Stipe and asked him, too. But this could potentially be Stipe Miocic's last fight as well, which I don't think a lot of people discuss as well. Like, if you leave this fight, you walk out and beat DC, you ride out on the sunset, what left do you have to prove? You've already defended this bout more times than anyone else in UFC heavyweight history. He's got his family. That's all he wants to do, spend time with them. What left would Stipe Miocic have to prove if he gets the W? Whew. Yeah, go ahead. Man, he already got through Francis, and everyone yeah. was just cringing that whole fucking fight, but he got through the fight and got the W. But if Stipe beats DC, which I think in that small cage it's going to be tough, but it's possible. If he does, and, and Dana came to him with a wad of cash and said, hey, John Jones wants a title shot, let's run it. Then he'd be like, all right, fuck yeah. Yeah. I, I, I honestly haven't thought about that fight too much. Obviously just super focused on mine. Um I don't. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's tough. Um, I don't know. They obviously both have wrestling backgrounds. The pedigree is a little bit different mm-hmm. for DC and Stipe, but is DC's wrestling that much better than Stipe's? In that small cage, yeah. Every single scramble that they get in, he's going to have the, the uh, upper hand in. But they both KO'd each other, so... How much of it goes into how how did their week go? How did their weight cut go? Did they sleep this week? Um, what are their injuries they're dealing with that people don't even think about? That could go either either way, you know. And both of them knocking each other out one apiece. It's like fuck. Who really Sweet fucking life. knows in that small cage? Who knows? Whoever lands first, clean on the chin. Same with the JDS Charzino fight, right? Ooh, absolutely. <gasps> Watching that. Jarzinho, how he came up, it's badass, hard to root against him. And Junior Dos Santos just seems like the nicest guy and such a beast. Good singer, too. 
Dude, <laughs> that fight in the little cage, holy fuck. Ooh. Are you guys going to be cage side? Not for this one. Be if we were cage side for this one, then we wouldn't be able to talk to you in the post-fight press uh, conference. Because uh, you can't leave the apex and go back into the tent and vice versa. The second you leave the apex, you're not there. Oh. And uh, yeah, I don't think we made the cut for this one. It's totally okay. Mm -hmm. I don't mind at all. I'd yeah. rather talk to you guys um, and, and, any of the, and anybody else who comes to the tent, you know? That's just the way I see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And earlier you brought up Derek Lewis. What, did you watch his performance? Mm -hmm. What did you think? Man, he is so fun to watch, isn't he? Yeah. I, I I think he might be, well, him and Francis got to be close, but how explosive he is when he just lets go. He's so fucking entertaining. Every time Derek Lewis fights, I want to watch it, 100%. And his I, interviews. And his interviews are fun, too. Oh, man, yeah, he's badass. Like yours. Um, I love the king chair. I love everything. I love <laughs> what you do. It. I love the... The Boston Celtics theme color for O'Malley, for the jerseys and everything. They talk about you as an entrepreneur. Where can you take the stardom? There's no limit. You look at guys like Conor McGregor. You look at the even combat sports, the Floyd Mayweathers. You have big dreams, big aspirations. How far can you take the Sugar Show? Dude, yeah, like you said, there's no limit. I just... I, I want... I, before Conor blew up, I always saw myself getting in the UFC and being the biggest superstar and then seeing how big connor got you know that just gives me something to go past um so, so past that i see someone tagged me on instagram dean thomas someone asked he said is sugar is does sugar have that superstar connor has i thought me and dean were boys maybe he's just saying it from his perspective he said i don't think so i'm like what the hell are you thinking no uh so i don't know i think you know for sure just unlimited uh I just got to keep winning. That's it. I think there's no uh, no limit. Yeah. Just like he said it before in interviews, too. As long as it's just back, all this talk is backed by the main fucking focus is get good. Find the best wrestlers we can and train with them. Find the best jiu-jitsu guys we can and train with them. Find the best people we can and train with them and just keep going up. Keep going up. It's hard when you're, what, 13 to know now? 12. 12, 12 and 0, it's hard to be like, oh man, I'm doing everything right and just chill, maybe game. But we're not like that. After every fight, we've both agreed like, hey, let's pretend you lost and go, let's try to fix it. Every fight, let's pretend you lost and try to fix it and try to just attack your weaknesses as much as possible. And now his weaknesses are literally turning into his strengths. And I think that's what it's going to take to just fucking blow up. Interesting. I like that you, you guys use that mental side a lot. To prepare for these fights so going into it because earlier you mentioned the mental side between like dc stipe kind of what's going on behind the scenes so with sean being undefeated obviously like keeps on putting on such great performances do you have any specific fight week rituals or anything that you do behind the scenes besides coming on this podcast yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's probably the only one so far um one that i could think of is cutting weight in a hot tub last fight we couldn't do that because you can't cut weight at the PI, so we cut weight in a bathtub for the first time, and the weight came off pretty easy. Surprisingly, I was a little upset. I'm like, are you f serious? We can't cut? But uh, other than that, um, not not too much. Just a lot of fucking chilling at the hotel. We're going to watch the Bruce Lee documentary. Mm -hmm. um, ooh, I guess the one tradition, we always watch Roy Jones, Prince Nassim. We always watch their highlights. Um, but even men mental-wise, still... It's not like it changes fight week, but even meditating. Yeah, I do my practice, all those practices. Stuff. Yeah, I, I continue to do all. It's weird because that's just part of my life now that it just doesn't seem like it's uh, something I just, I don't know. It's just part of It's like a habit day. now. Yeah. You just brought up Roy Jones. I am, we were supposed to be in LA tomorrow to interview Roy Jones, but they postponed it everything. He's going to be on the Joe Rogan podcast, but they postponed it everything. Yes. Oh. They postponed it everything though, because that foot fight now with Mike Tyson is pushed to November 28th. Mm. It's supposed to be September 12th, push it to November 28th. I think Mike mm. wanted some more time to train and sell tickets. Ooh. Most importantly, That'd I think the sell tickets. That'd be sweet if we could go somehow. Yes. Mm. I, that's, that's the hope too. It's going to be outside at the Dignity Dignity Health Park yeah. facility. It's an outdoor venue. Oh, cool. It's where the Chargers played in Southern California. Shit, man. Does Mike Tyson still have it in? Roy Jones, I think, has been active since uh, he's last fought in 2017. Mike last fought in exhibi exhibition fight 2005. That's a 12-year gap. Yeah, the ex the exhibition. I'm, I'm wondering why. how come they made it an exhibition. It makes you wonder, like, hmm, I wonder if they're buddies and they're looking to cash out. 
or who knows, yeah. yeah, who knows with the exhibition because you think Mike Tyson? Because how old is he? He's in his early fifties. He oh, might so be like fifty-four. 50s. He might be like around fifty-four. And he's got all this shit going on. I wonder why he's like, "Hey, let's have a fight." When he knows how much it could him getting KO'd clean could fucking just I'm, doesn't do anything for him. I'm honestly shocked that he's doing this in so many regards because when I interviewed him for the first time, impromptu. Helen found out where he's going to be. He was over at the at the Planet 13 here in Vegas at the dispensary because he's got his he's promoting his weed product. So I go in there, I I meet his wife Kiki, and I just finagle away to interview him as the schmo and go up all there. And he's stoned out of his mind. It was amazing. He yeah. subdued. Oh, hey, schmo, yay! It's, 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 yeah, uh, schmoey. That's, that's awesome. what he called. It was fantastic. That's fucking awesome. And sure, is he a scary fucking guy? A hundred percent, he's scary as hell. But. Did he look like he's someone who's ready to get back into the ring a year, year and a half later? Hell no. So I was like thrown completely away. I think people look at him, they see he's in shape, they see he's still getting in shape, he's talking about fighting, he's around the UFC, he's around all these fighters. I think he's just got a lot of people in his air. Hey, you can still do it. You could do it just like he was just on Shark Week. And Mm -hmm. he's someone who can't really say no to a challenge. But it's the why. Like, why is he doing it, right? Mm -hmm. And. Um, the fight's in where? Do you know where it's at? Yeah, it's 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 in Southern California, Dignity Park. It's like the charity soccer event? park. It is a charity event. That's what it's for. So no, an exhibition, so no commission probably, so you can, there's no uh, drug testing and stuff, so he might be feeling pretty fucking good. Dude. Well, I think they're trying to do drug testing. I think that's what mm-hmm. this is. The, the talks are with the California State Athletic Commission. Drug testing. There was talks about wearing headgear, not wearing headgear. It was supposed to be just body shots only. Both these guys don't want to do that. They want to headhunt, rightfully so. But, man, uh, Roy Jones Jr. is just, you know, he's one of the all-time greats, too. How active he's been throughout the years and durability. It's not going to be an easy fight for either, either of these guys. How many rounds? I think it's eight rounds. Yeah, re- long regardless of what it is, I'm going to watch and I'll be pumped to watch. Dude. Yeah. It's it's got to be better than Chuck Liddell and uh, Tito, Tito Ortiz three, yeah. right? I think, think so. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. It's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be. With Tito, you never fucking know what the hell's going on, you know? <laughs> oh, Jason Perillo told me he'll fight like forever if he can. I'm not. I'm not. Really? I'm not allowed to interview uh, Tito Ortiz anymore. Why? Uh, Combates America has won't allow mm, me to because that's when true. when I interview and they're paying his bills, he's an ambassador. Mm-hmm. So when I interviewed him last, he went all Hulk Hogan and did this whole thing. And it was funny as hell, and he liked it, and he has no problems with it, but Combate's like, hey, I don't want you to be this guy mm. and, and be our representative, too. Which I think is such a catch-22, because he talks so much about politics. Do they want to bring politics into mm. to the sport? Yeah. And uh, he loves WWE, so yeah. he was getting in character. Yeah. We, yeah. yeah, so it wasn't a Tito decision. We still have a great rapport, but it was just like a Combate thing. So, mm. And I mean, if I was in his shoes, too, and someone was paying my bills and saying, hey, you just can't interview with this person? Okay, fine, yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. His manager, or I don't know, someone he works with, messaged to be on the Timbo Sugar Show. We're thinking about having him on and have him take some big rips before. You <laughs> have to. Ask him to. some good questions. Dude, <laughs> you guys have to do it. And and I, I love what you guys have with the podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing, too, is like, you guys have a podcast. You guys now have an octagon. So you have have your own little place. To, and I know you got your gym. You guys have other gyms to, to, to work for. You have Danny with the hair. You got Danny does line. my hair, my food, massage, Jeez. stretch. Shout out to Sauce. Danny, Superwoman. And this is what we talked about before. You got like this well-oiled machine mm-hmm. here. Then that's what you got to do. You got your little bubble of how to literally put together your own sugar show promotion. Yeah, it's th- finding experts in every area and, and and you know learning as much as I can and doing what I need to do. But right now, the main focus is make money. And buy the Sugar Factory. Rob Deerdeck Fantasy Factory style. I can't get away from it. It's all I think about. I'm like, I need my octagon. I want a basketball hoop. I need a foam pit, a rope swing, a stripper pole, yeah. a little skate park for Tim. You know, he loves to do <laughs> little kick flips. Just, a, I, want a, I want a warehouse. I'm looking for at least an acre so I can get my house and then and put my warehouse on there. And that's that's what I want right now. And then I don't need a... And we're good. We're good. I, I'm coming to that, to that pit. Absolutely. Oh, to that pit. Yeah. That would be... Not I, the stripper pole part. No, no, no. Unless you were going to use it. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. You then everybody, see my then everybody's volunteering <laughs> right off the bat. With your underwear? 
Oh, yeah. that, that hairy chest? Hairy chest. Oh. <laughs> a lot of people when did you start hairy. getting that hairy chest? I asked about two days. <laughs> I'm finally getting mine, too, but it's just blonde and couples bringing out here Me and there. Me, too. Hey, as long as it's on the chest and not on the back. Yeah, right? fuck, yeah. My, my dad's like an ape man. Um, I don't have that, but uh, no, the chest probably when I was 16, 15. Really? Yeah, Holy shit. got thick, That's but lit. I still can't grow a full beard like you guys. So, like, it grows on this my chest, but on my face. Five years of growing. Literally in eighth grade or eighth ninth grade, I would take my razor and just shave nothing every day <laughs> <laughs> until it started and now growing. Goes in. But my chest, yeah, like I said, just a couple whites here and there. I didn't even use a uh, normal razor till I was like 25, 26. I was using an electric razor for, your, for like your a decade. Dad's? Yeah. He was like, hey, just use it. He was lazy. Just use an electric razor. So I was using an electric razor. So I'd have, always have razor burn and shit on my face. And it's like, well, I barely had to shave anyways, maybe like yeah. once a week. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, That's funny. I mean, I guess like I don't take it for granted anymore. People still think I look like I'm a I'm a, I'm a baby. Yeah. But that, yeah. That's a good thing, though. Then you see those kids in like sixth grade with hairy armpits and like beards and chest. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> there was kids like in sixth grade that had more facial hair that grew more than, than I could grow right yeah. now. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's just, that's just funny how that all goes down. Mm -hmm. But do you guys feel like life is starting to get back to some sort of normalcy if they're ever such a thing for you guys like is this thing that we're living in this this era this covid era is it starting to become normal for you guys or is, is there still that kind of shock that you guys still feel with everything nothing really changes the, the only the biggest thing that i notice is the the audience that when i'm fighting that's that's the for the most part like i mean if we have to go to the grocery store just wear a mask go grab our shit we don't go to the mall we don't go to we don't go out at night if we go to a restaurant, we don't go to rest. We usually, you know, we'd go to a restaurant maybe Friday night, something. But for the most part, nothing's really changed in our lives. Yeah, for me, a little bit, just because it's the first time I haven't went to the gym and really quarantined to the warehouse, the warehouse, and then back home and stuff. But even watching the countdown with uh, Stipe and DC, I was like, holy fuck. The amount of electric energy that's in there when all those people are screaming towards that one area. I'm like, holy shit. And even Mariah said, she's like, man, that's crazy. Like, she pretty much completely forgot, like, the fans and how much energy it fucking mm. brings. It's got to be crazy for any up-and-coming fight fighter that's looking for, like, their viral moment or becoming catching on with the fans and masses and stuff like that. To, to have this era where you're not in front of fans and to not feel that connect, I feel like it's almost harder to become a star in this type of era because of that. Well, the Contender Series, though, right? The That's contender series, yeah, but but like to not have that electric feel of yeah. ten thousand plus, mm. fifteen thousand, twenty thousand plus. They had sixty thousand over in Melbourne for for yeah, that was uh, Israel and, and Rob Whitaker. When I knocked when I knocked out Jose, it was I wish I would have landed that uppercut and pieced. Tim said I didn't know he was out. That uppercut landed. He would I could have walked away. So I finished with those ground and pound, and the crowd went crazy. But that Eddie knockout. That would have been the craziest just eruption, and I got robbed of that. Not robbed of that, but it would it would have been exciting. I go back and rewatch the fights, watching Jose and everyone going, Wah. and then the Eddie one is just like quiet, kind of. It's weird. Just uh, we've said it before. I think it's a big advantage for most people. Sugar, like I said, he, it, forever he's been like, man, the lights. The more people that watch me, the better I'm gonna perform. He's just got that about him but most people man you step in that cage and that's the first time you've stepped in this empty big open arena and everyone's yelling at you so you're like oh fuck all right let's get this over with for a lot of fighters it's that way so i think for a lot of people it's better it's they easier can fight for them better. to perform like yeah. it's sparring and you can hear everything mm -hmm. every corner mm -hmm. all the announcers like everything you can hear yeah, like even Kevin Holland when he was talking a lot. Yeah, we, we listened to Kevin Holland talking trash to Buckley like the entire fight. Like <laughs> we heard every ass. conversation that went on. And who was that that burped? Because I, I heard a fighter like burp. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, Clay Guida? Sure. Or? Yeah, he, he always <laughs> does. <laughs> him? We, he always hears that too. But it's uh, it's just different. It's just a completely different feel. Yeah. Um, it is. Yeah, is there anything that I really appreciate you guys' time? I mean, this is you guys are hopping on fight week. We are what four days away. Drop drop the clothing line this morning. Yep. He's rocking the shirts. Promote anything you guys want. Yeah, my merch just dropped. Sugarshow.co. Uh, links in the bio. 
our Timbo Sugar Show podcast on YouTube, Spotify, all that, everywhere. Um, That's it. Fucking love it. coming and hanging yeah, out with thank you guys. You guys. Yeah. Ritual, tradition now. Tradition, yeah. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we're back in AZ in the next month, month and a half. Get up on there. Oh, yeah. Hit a bag of smoke. We're trying to revamp all our stuff, get new cameras, get the new... Um, we're trying to reset the whole... Because um, we're on episode 100 coming up, so we want to revamp everything, make th- sure everything's fucking quality and not have to give away our pod completely to do that. But it's been kind of a pain in the ass, but also fun at the same time. Trademark. Trademark. Yeah. Yeah. Trademark. Oh, my and the Sugar show. Factory. Trademark and the Sugar that. Factory. Yeah, yeah. Sugar Factory. Ooh. The Sugar Factory. Want to sign us off? <laughs> okay, my last show being 28. Your last show. <laughs> she is, uh, her birthday is on the 16th, so a day after your fight. So we're okay. going out to dinner. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going what to night? The Sunday that. night. Eiffel Tower restaurant overlooking the uh, Vegas Strip, oh. the Bellagio Fountain. Um, Try to get quickie in up there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <I'm just> uh, <laughs> yeah. He's not yeah. like that. He's a general. We'll gentleman. see what we can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah so high. We, we'll figure. We'll, we'll make something happen. Uh, we'll make it at work. So, uh, so it's it's the birthday weekend for you. Is uh, getting to see your fight. Yeah. And uh, then birthday. How old, well, Alan? 29. Oh, damn. damn. So your 29th podcast will be in 29? Oh, that's true. And this is my this last is memory. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know. Get I'm it like, on your even though some people, they're like, she looks between a mix of 25 and 50. <laughs> I'm like, you're right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's true. With it's makeup range. and without. Both guys look young. <laughs> yeah. No, he looks way younger, but it's okay. Uh, so a- since it is my birthday weekend as well, and the huge fight coming up. Can I hear the schmo sign off? It's the schmugga schmo <laughs> signing off with the schmo and the pro. All right, at least let me get some sort of glasses. <laughs> I'm gonna take it off of the uh, the bust. <laughs> oh, we need we need some sort of glasses. Oh, so you're I could... so our merchandise is. Oh, our, we have oh, mer- we fit. have merch we have merch dropping, uh, but. Uh, We'll make an announcement, so stay tuned. Those we got sick. merch dropping for the Schmoes. And we'll wear, Schmo we'll glasses. Schmo glasses are coming. <laughs> yeah, by the way, Music. I have the original Schmo glasses going out for merch, too. I'll, I'll make the announcement later. A little, little too soon here. It's, this is a Sorry. sugar show. Yeah. No, All right, so what okay. am I doing to sign off? Yeah. Sign off. All right. This is the Schmo episode number 28, the Sugar Show. Tim Welch, Sean O'Malley, Helen Esports. She's turning 29. We're out. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, Cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.